Our New Testament reading for this morning comes to us from the book of Matthew, chapter 17, verses 1 through 9. You can follow along in your pew Bibles if you like. Six days later, Jesus took with him Peter and James and his brother John and led them up a high mountain by themselves. And he was transfigured before them and his face shone like the sun and his clothes became dazzling white. Suddenly there appeared to them Moses and Elijah talking with him. And Peter said to Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. If you wish, I will make three dwelling places, one for you and one for Moses and one for Elijah. Well, he was still speaking Suddenly a bright cloud overshadowed them and from the cloud a voice said, this is my son, the beloved. With him I am well pleased. Listen to him. When the disciples heard this, they fell to the ground and they were overcome with fear. But Jesus came and touched them and said, get up and do not be afraid. And when they looked up, They saw no one except Jesus himself alone. As they were coming down the mountain, Jesus ordered them, tell no one about the vision until after the Son of Man has been raised from the dead. This is a word of God for the people of God. So I have prayed for transfiguration moments like this one my whole life long. A moment when the voice of God would come loud and flashy and unmistakably. A shocking encounter that might wake me up out of whatever sleep I found myself in, energize my weary bones and set me on a path toward discovering what was most true or what direction I should be headed in, or why in the world I'm here. An opportunity or an experience, maybe, that might illuminate answers to the things that I'm most perplexed by, or that might make clear to me an unknown future that is causing me great anxiety, or to turn around a trajectory that I wish I had never started down. I've prayed long and hard, for moments like these, most especially when life becomes difficult, I think we all have. Prayed for that moment when God would enter in, when the voice would draw near to us as clearly and as confidently as apparently it had for Jesus that day and say out loud, you are my beloved. With you I am well pleased. A voice that might say in our hardest moments, I am here, and I know. Or, you are wonderful. You are indispensable. You have a purpose. You are good and right and acceptable even as you are. And everything will be okay. These are the things we want to hear. But these moments, they, they come so sparingly, don't they? It's happened maybe a few times in my life. But so often we wait. 
and wait and wait. And on Transfiguration Sunday, a day that acts as a bridge between the season of Epiphany where we are invited to imagine that we serve a God that encounters us in a thousand different places in our lives, and the season of Lent, where we remember and receive the painful reminder that our lives are often filled with more potholes and pits than mountaintop experiences, we would be doing a disservice if we did not talk about how often it feels like we wait and we wait for a voice that I think most of us fear might never come. In our lives, we all have to wait. We have to wait for the bad to pass in order for the good to take its place. To wait for our circumstances to play out however they're going to play out before we can discover what new thing is coming next. For the winter ground to freeze over before it thaws into spring. And in all our waiting, we sometimes find ourselves wondering if God has altogether stopped speaking. I would venture a guess that even if the voice of God hasn't stopped speaking, it is now harder to hear for most of us than ever before. After all, there are so many other voices to pay attention to. Did you know that in an average year, human beings send about 6.5 trillion text messages I confess I sent probably about one trillion of those this week. That amounts to about 18 billion texts per day. Or what about this? People are exposed to anywhere between four and 10,000 advertisements on a daily basis. We are inundated with voices. These voices, just to name a few, they tell us what to believe and who to vote for, who to support and who to cast out. They pressure us to push further, to work harder, to take more regardless of the cost. These voices, they tell us what to buy and what we need, how to think and how not to think. These voices, they tie our worth to our success. They tell us that our failure is unacceptable. It's not an option. Voices that tell us what we deserve. For some of us, it's a never-ending supply of more wealth and more credit and more popularity and more stuff and more chances. And for others of us, it's nothing at all. And then there are the voices inside. The ones that speak late at night and tell us that we're too much or not enough. The ones that shame us or demand more from us or tear us down. That tell us we're frauds. These voices, they have a way of sucking us into their orbit. of making us listen, don't they? They chip away at our eardrums and our souls bit by bit. 
until we have almost nothing left but to believe them. And so, you know, it is no wonder that Peter yearned for a different voice. When he finally got away from the cacophony of noise that long enough to actually hear what God was trying to say, a voice which, by the way, only ever spoke grace upon grace for those who are broken. This Peter, he asked if he could create altars. He wanted to bottle up this experience for the next time that he was feeling overwhelmed by all the voices that only ever whispered shame or hopelessness or utter despair, and he didn't know it, but he was going to need to hold on to this experience over the next few days and weeks and months when he would walk with Jesus through some of the worst moments in their life together. So often, when our lives are noisy, the voice of God is almost indistinguishable to us. And even if we could make it out, would it sound the same to everyone? I have to believe at least to agree that the, uh, to at least to a degree the voice of God it rings a little bit differently in each of our ears. For me and for others I know it sometimes sounds like the people who come out of the woodwork and tell you you're enough and that you're not alone. Or it's the message that echoes in different seemingly unrelated corners of your life telling you something that you just might need to take note of in that burst of creativity that uncovers something beautifully unexpected or that internal push to do something right for yourself or for someone else that is so strong you cannot shake it. Or it's in the moment when you are at your most broken and you feel that quiet stir inside of you, the one you thought had left, died long ago, it begins to stir. And it reminds you that maybe there's life on the other side of whatever brokenness you're sitting in. It speaks a little differently to each of us, I think. And in order to hear how God's voice sounds to each of us, we do often have to wait. But there are some practices that we can observe that will help us clean out our ears. For the disciples in the story, it came in solitude. When they quieted down their lives, even just for a few minutes to try and hear the thing they might just be missing. It came as they chose to live in community with each other, in the experiences that they shared, in the decisions to climb a mountain together when they confided in each other and kept each other accountable and picked each other up when they couldn't stand on their own. The voice of God, it came in grace-filled messages, in the ones they received and in the ones they chose to send, not in the voices that sought to tear down or exclude or reject or to chip away at. If you ever need to discern the voice of God in your life, it is usually never in those things. And most especially, the voice of God, it came when they made it a priority in their lives to listen. When they sought it out, 
when they stop things long enough to climb to higher ground or to find a quiet space in the house or when they bowed their heads while they were doing the dishes or got up an hour earlier and prayed for God to show up again and again and again until it happened, until it sunk in and changed something inside of them. You know, we don't actually know what happened for the disciples on the mountain that day. After a fleeting moment, all the world went back to the way it was. There was no divine voice coming from the sky. The light that emanated on Jesus' face, it slowly faded away. There were no prophets of old hanging around anymore. And as they made their way back down the mountain, it was a real question mark what all of them had really heard, or if they had allowed the voice of God to sink into their lives and let let it tell them how beloved they really are. But whether they got the message that day or not, I think the very good news of the gospel has always been that God keeps speaking kept calling out to them in grace-filled messages until the day they would finally be able to hear it again. And the same is true today. Whether you received a grace-filled message recently or you have not heard from God now in the longest time, the promise is that God never stops trying to get our attention. It calls out to us in the moments when we realize it and in the moments when we don't. And just as Jesus touched the disciples that day on the mountain and offered them courage in the moments when they were most afraid and most worn down and most perplexed and desperate for clarity and to hear something true, a voice that's true, the voice of God, it it grips our lives. It offers grace upon grace. It promises to stand with those who suffer to draw near to those who wait and invites all of us once more this day to get up and do not be afraid. Let's pray together. God, in the quietness of this moment, we pray that you might help us tune our eyes and our ears and our lives to where it is you are moving and breathing and speaking in our everyday. God, that we would not leave this space this morning without hearing the words that we are beloved without being confident that you are speaking and waiting to be heard. And God, that we would make a commitment this day to create space in our lives to train our ears to hear how your voice may sound for each one of us.
God, give us a word this day, give us hope this day, so that we may go out and be hope for the world. We pray all these things in the name of Jesus the Christ and God's people said together, amen.